Hey everyone, my name is Pastor Jose Martinez. I am the pastor here at the Resurrection Center. Thank you for tuning in. Today we're going to be preaching and teaching on the subject matter that we've been uh, speaking about these past Sundays. The four spiritual weapons, especially during these crucial times that we're in, we are to be reminded of what God has called us to do and what we are required to do under His command. So it's very important that you continue to follow the teachings that God has placed before us so that we can be effective, not only in times like these, but also in seasons to come in the future. Once again, I want to welcome you all. Thank you all for tuning in. You can find out more information about us at www.resurrectionspringfield.org or at TRC413 on all social media sites. Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, and so forth. Amen. So God bless you all. My name is Pastor Jose Martinez, alongside with my beautiful wife, Melly Martinez. We are the pastors here at the Resurrection Center, located in Indian Orchard in the beautiful city of Springfield, Massachusetts. So God bless you, and thank you for tuning in. Today, we're going to be talking about prayer. Prayer is one of the most crucial weapons that we believers have. But through the years, it has been misused and misunderstood. So let us go into the Gospel of Matthew, say Matthew chapter 6, verse 6 through 14. And today we're going to learn the principle of prayer. Amen? Matthew chapter 6. Verse 6 through 14. And if you have it and you can be on your feet to show reverence to the Word of God, we appreciate it. Even you at home as well. Amen. And it reads, But when you pray, go into your room. And when you have shut the door, pray to your Father who is in the secret place. And your Father who sees you in the secret will reward you openly. And when you pray, do not use vain repetition as hearers do for what they think will be heard for their many words. Therefore, do not be like them, for your Father knows the things you have need of, need of. Before him, before asking him. In this matter, therefore, pray, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it's done in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us of our debtors as we forgive our debtors. Do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and power and glory forever. Amen. Father, we thank you for your precious word. Give us wisdom, discernment, knowledge, understanding. Teach us, God, including me today, your word in Jesus' name. And the church of God says, Amen. Amen. Wow, God is good. One of the first things that I want you to write down, and always keep this in mind, that every time you pray this prayer, you're making a vow. You're making a promise to God. Because you are asking God to do something, and in return, you are expected to do something as well. 
And many of us pray that prayer daily. And we forget about our responsibility that God has called us accountable on. God can forgive our debtors, but we must forgive them as well. And when we pray, we have to keep that in mind. This is our relationship. This is not a one-sided affair. God is not a, 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 someone's mistress. We are his bride. We are his children and he is our father. So always keep that in mind. According to a recent survey, it reveals that only 55 of Americans pray daily. If that is true, we are in big trouble, especially during times like this. Now, I can understand and comprehend why many people choose not to pray. It is because prayer has not been taught biblically sound like it should. A lot of people lead people to prayer, but no one or a few only take out time to really teach what prayer is. And the reason why they don't teach uh, on prayer is because they themselves don't have a prayer life. Amen? A, a prayer life in God will be reflected in your character. Are you hearing me today? A prayer life is reflected in your character, in your daily activities. You are revealed as a child of God by the way you handle yourself, by the way you carry yourself, by the decisions that you make. Now, many of us say, well, pastor, you know, I got a lot on my plate. At the end of the day, you cannot justify because God has given us the tools that we need. And he has also sent the Holy Spirit, which we're going to be talking about in a few minutes, to help us. So we don't have an excuse. We have the resources of God right in front of us. So today I'm going to give you a better understanding on prayer so that it can become practical in your life. Amen? Prayer is the, the most basic definition to define prayer is talking to God. We all know that. We all understand that. But are we really talking to Him? That's the question. We need to learn how to get into the presence of God. Now, first and foremost, let me re-remind you that you cannot manipulate the presence of God. So don't go into prayer asking God for impossible prayers that he's not going to answer. Not because they're in, they're in impossible, it's because they're not part of his will. Like, God killed my mother-in-law. God killed my boss. God take these children with you. God make me rich. God this, God that. These motives are not driven by God's will. These motives are driven by fleshly desires. And the reason why God will not answer those prayers because none of those prayers are God's will. God wants to save your mother-in-law. God wants to save your boss. 
And God wants to provide for those that don't have. God doesn't want to only give you so that you can become a selfish human being like you currently are. And that's why most people sometimes lose sight of God because they get caught up in their own agenda. Listen to what Jesus was teaching the disciples through the modern prayer. He said, let thy will be done. Thy will means God's agenda. God's agenda to many of us is a mystery because God is renewed and it reveals himself every day to us in a way that we never thought was possible. And that's what I love about God because that mystery becomes treasures to us as God is revealing himself to us. Amen? So Jesus here teaches the disciples how to pray. Now keep this in mind. Verse 5, Jesus says, verse 5, chapter 6, verse 5, Jesus says to them, And when you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the street so they can be seen. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their rewards. Now, Jesus was trying to interrupt the current system that was in play by introducing the kingdom of God. And he began to speak to the disciples what God expects from them versus what men expect from them. You see, when men put a demand on you, you begin to entertain the lustful desires that others have and through you, they become evident. Many churchgoers are not in relationship with God, but they have traces of God's character in them. They have no relationship, but they have traces. For example, you hear people all the time quoting scriptures and living a different life. The words do not match the actions. And we have to be careful because Jesus spoke about people like that growing up with us and coming up with us. That doesn't give us an excuse for us to justify our behavior and say, well, so-and-so is doing it, and so-and-so is in the choir, and so-and-so is in front of the deacon's board, and so-and-so is in the men's group, and so-and-so is in the women's group, and he's in the missionary fields, and they're doing this, but they're doing this thing, and they're doing that, and I'm trying to live right. You keep living right. You keep doing what God has called you to do because God's going to judge them based on you. But if you get caught up with them, you lose sight of who God is and you begin to interpret God your ways. And if you begin to interpret God your ways, you're in big trouble because there's no possible way. There is no word, no definition that can define God. I mean the God that I serve. There's no words. When I began to study the scriptures, I began to receive information that was taken from me. Instead of me just hearing the word, I became a doer of the word. And many of us subject ourselves just to hear the word. 
And never dig in deep to say, how can I become a doer of the word? Now understand, when you're praying, this is what takes place. And this is very important for you to understand. You are lifting up your mind and your heart together to God. That's what happens when you pray. Your heart and your mind come together and they're both lifting themselves up to God because you're inquiring of God and now God wants to minister you through your mind and finally get to your heart because if He gets to your heart, then your life will turn around for the better. Why the mind? Because the mind is the platform. It is the area where you do the most battles. That's where the thought process begins. Nothing turns into an action unless it becomes a thought first. You don't smack people just to smack people. You have to think about that. I'm just being real. You just don't do what you do just because your heart felt it. No, it started with a thought. And you started cultivating that thought. And you started giving life to that thought. And before you know it, you got away from God's will. And you started doing your own will. Let's be honest. Most of the issues that we're currently in, we brought them upon ourselves. Like for example, this morning... I'm, I'm going to be real. I had an issue putting on this shirt. I said, man, I gained a few pounds. And in my mind, I began to blame my wife. I said, why did she have to cook like that all the time? Give me two to three, four, four chops. Just because she gave me something didn't mean that I had to take it. You see how ignorant we are sometimes? We can pass up on it. And say, you know, baby, that, that's good. Thank you so much. I'll save the next four chocolate the next day. Or for lunch or, or, or for dinner. Because us Spanish people, we eat our, our, our dinner times and lunch times are different than, than the regular population here on this earth. We eat differently. We, we might eat dinner for breakfast. That's how we are. That's why we call every cereal on the shelves, cornflake. 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 They're all the same to us. But that's besides the point. Amen? Let's continue. Let, let's just stay focused on the word. Amen? When you pray, you experience God's love in many ways. Understand this. The moment that you tap into the presence of God and you begin to pray, and, and, and some of you are saying, how do you tap into the presence of God? This is how you tap into the presence of God. When your heart and your mind is in one accord. It took me years to figure that out. One of the things that we need to eliminate when we're going to pray is distractions. Jesus says, go into the room. Now, many of us have this force habit that we play music. Sometimes it's better not to play music. Why? Because you will lose your train of thought as you're trying to connect yourself with God and praying on something and you get caught up in worship. Now, worship is a form of prayer, 
But the prayer that Jesus was talking about was the connection between you and the Father where two become one and God can download into your system His will. The reason why God cannot download His system, I mean His will into your system, is because it's clogged up with other things. We have to make arrangements and self-discipline ourselves when we say, this is my time with the Lord. Please respect the next 10 minutes. I'm going to go into the prayer room. I'm going to have a moment with God. Whether it's in the car, the closet, in the dining room, in the kitchen, wherever your prayer room is, let it be known to others that you're going to spend some time with Abba Father. When you spend time with Abba Father, all of your burdens, all of your doubts, your anxiety, your stress becomes nothing. Because the presence of God is so supernatural and so tangible that it cannot be explained, but it can be felt. Many of you have felt the presence of God and you cannot describe that. There's no words to describe the presence of God. Many of you have said it in the form, when I feel joy, I feel like crying when I'm in the presence of God. I feel at peace, I feel relieved. It is a supernatural manifestation that's taking place. But in the midst of that, you're being renewed and made new and whole and complete. And the more you tap into the presence of God, the more you spend time in the prayer room, you will see that life is not as difficult and as hard as you think. Because all things work together for good for those who trust in the Lord. But when you're caught up in problems and situations, and you're feeding off more of your problems in your situation, you will lose sight of what God has for you. There has been many times in my life where I've been bombarded, and I had to tell myself, Shut up! And I have felt a relief. And I'm able to gather myself to a state of peace. We're not seeing that today. Not with this pandemic. We're not seeing that. Can you imagine everywhere that you have gone within this week, how much you have radiated from the atmospheres that you have come in contact with? Don't be naive. That can affect you in more ways than one. That's why you got to brush it off. I go into the stores today. The moment that I leave and I go into my house and I take off my mask, I say, God, whatever was over there, I leave over there. I come in here to my safe and this is your house. People don't have to say nothing today, but you can feel it. And if you're not careful, it will rob you of the divine appointment that God has for you. It is okay to a certain degree to watch the news and, and be informed, but it's another thing to be a hostage to the news. Let me give you the good news. Jesus is coming back. That's the forecast. But how do we know that Jesus is coming back? When we get into prayer. Now when you get into the prayer room, understand this. You cannot manipulate God. God is not going to be moved by you yelling. God is not going to be moved by your pity party or your tantrum. God is going to be moved in your silence. Because silence creates an opportunity for God to minister you instead of you ministering Him. 
If we minister God the way that we are going in, we're in trouble. We're in trouble. Because we will see an hour go by and no change. Two hours go by and no change. Three hours go by and no change to the point that we convince ourselves that that was a waste of time. And before you know it, the devil beat you at your own game. It's time for a timeout. We don't have control over everything, but we have control over us. You pick and choose who comes in and out of your life. You pick and choose what you want to choose. But I'm going to tell you something as for me and my house. We will serve the Lord and we will do that and we will not allow anyone, no devil, no principality, come and steal what we have worked so hard for. I rebuke the devil. And I rebuke him over your life, over your home. Because God is bigger than this pandemic. God is bigger than the circumstances that we are facing. God is bigger than the crisis. God is bigger than the recession. God is bigger than the ones who think they're bigger than them. God is bigger than them. God has control over everything. Let us not be naive. Let us not be negligent. Let us not be sober. Let us not be hard-headed. Paul said, who has bewitched you? Who has cursed you and lied to you? Who has robbed you of your peace? You foolish Galatians. You are more than conquerors. And we will learn that when we spend time with God, not with the pastor. I can't give you what God can give you. I can only direct you to the light. If I can give you what God can give you, then I become your God. And every time that I let you down, you will hold it against me. Why? Because you start to believe that I am God to a certain degree, even though you might not say that. That's why I don't put my hope and trust in no one. I respect you. I love you. But my trust and my trust is in God. My faith is in God. Because we as human beings are a working masterpiece. And we will never reach that level of perfection. And so we'll remove to this earth. But we're in pursuit of it. Amen? Amen. When you go into the prayer room, you begin to pray. And the manifestation of God begins to enlighten you. One of the things that's going to be birthed in your heart is the desire of God. Once you start experiencing the desire of God, your mindset begins to change. You will start having passion and compassion for others. You see a lot of people praying When they say they pray, and their actions say something else. These people, we are not to imitate. Jesus says, do not be like the hypocrites. He forewarned them. They like to be seen. They like to be heard. You'd be surprised how many people are dying just to run up here and snatch this mic from me, just so they can be heard. 
And in reality, they're just looking for the approval of man and not knowing that in the midst of it, they look like clowns. That's why God is cleaning up altars. It is time that we get back to sound doctrine. Sound doctrine will keep us even in the darkest moments of our life. As you all know, me and Pastor Millie went through something recently. And if anyone asks me, Pastor, how did you get by? I will tell you, if it wasn't for His glory, if it wasn't for His grace, if it wasn't for His mercy. You see, when you don't know God and you don't spend time with God, you question God. Let me tell you something about questioning God. You have no right. You have no right. You have no right. I know that we have made that part of our daily life, and I at one point was a victim of that. I used to question God, and God says, when you stop questioning me, and you start abiding by me, abiding by me, you will understand my will. And my will is not your will. It's the way that I want things to be done, regardless of your approval or not. Now, when you get over that, you're going to see my glory over your life. But until then, you will only be an expectator, not a participator, because you're coming against me instead of being a part of me. Don't you ever question God. If God removes somebody over your life, let the Lord give, the Lord give, the Lord give. Blessed be the name of the Lord, the Lord has taken. Whatever the case might be, we have an attitude like Job that it took Job an experience to finally understand who God was. Because for a moment in his life, he only lived on what he was told. And he says, I heard of you, but now I know you. That's what the Bible says. So I learned not to question God about certain things in my life. Why? Because I don't want to delay my promises. I, I, don't, I don't want no setbacks in my life. I know, I, I, I really cannot afford a setback in my life. I, I, at this point, I can't. I want to be in tune. I want to be in line. I want to be ready. So when God says it's time, I don't get caught unprepared. The reason why God hasn't moved the way He wants to move in some of our lives is because we don't allow Him. Because we have missed the point in this prayer. It says, and when you go into the room, into the secret room, our Father that's in heaven, hallowed be your name. Hallowed means great honor. Let your kingdom come. Oh, let's get into the kingdom part. The kingdom of God is defined as a spiritual realm in which God reigns as king. Through a prayer, you invited the kingdom of God to reign over you. The kingdom of God is set in order and in principles. What do you think is going to happen in your life? Everything that's out of order will begin to expose itself for what it is. 
How many times you got into prayer? And you know you were tempted for a about a situation. And when we talk about temptation, don't automatically just think of sex. It could be money. It could, it could just be anything that, that tempts you out of your character. And in the midst of you praying, that temptation comes up. And, and, and you try to like make your way around it. Am I the only one? Am I the only one? How many times you got into the presence of God and said, God, I pray. And all of a sudden that temptation of that thing that you were thinking about a couple of days ago comes into mind. And, and then you say, and in Jesus' name I pray for Paul. And I you see, what makes us feel good and we like is what drives God away from us. God is looking for you to admit that temptation. God is looking for you to admit those things that you like. When we settle for temptation, what that really means is that we settle for less than what God has intended for us. I don't want less than what God has intended for me. I don't. I want it all. I want the banquet. I want it all. And sometimes we cheat ourselves because we're so cheap. Even in our prayers. We are so cheap where we cheat ourselves. Are, are you hearing me? We need to stop that. We need to be real with God. And this is how you're real with God. When your mind and your heart is aligned. Where you said, God, here's my heart, here's my mind. I, I know there's a lot of things in there that don't please you. But I'm coming before you because I need you. And in the midst of this, I'm not going to demand. I, I'm, I'm not going to be loud. I'm not going to be obnoxious. I'm just going to have you have your way. And whatever comes up, let it be. If in the midst of prayer, three things come up that you have entertained and you have never addressed, now is the time to renounce them. If you're praying and a disgusting thought comes into your mind, God is telling you right there and then, renounce it. Many of us go, oh, well, where that came from? I rebuke it. No, renounce it. Renounce it. Because it means it was a part of you. Even though you didn't know it was a part of you, God brought it up because it is a part of you. It's, it's in one of your departments in your heart. Maybe in a department that you haven't tapped in into a while, but it's in there. God wants all that junk out. All of it out. Out, 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 out. How many of you have ever prayed and all of a sudden you start reminiscing while you pray? Reminiscing about things that you haven't thought about in a long time. People that, that, that you haven't even, that you have deleted their number, deleted, unfriend them, defriend them, all those things that you did. I, I don't know, I'm not in social media. I, you know, you know something. And all of a sudden, they come to surface. You did all the possible physical way, but did you do it spiritually? Because we do physical things expecting physical results, but you cannot mix the two. The physical department is one aspect, and the physical department is another aspect. But God is more concerned about your spiritual than your physical. 
Because your body one day will rot and it will be laid down to rest. But your spirit will live on for eternal life, whether it's in heaven or hell. Uh, are you hearing me? So many times we get concerned about the physical and we lose sight of the spiritual. There are things that I had to learn how to renounce and let go. Because they were in me and I had no idea they were in me because I lost sight of them, but they were still in me. I had to renounce things from my past, people that I had hurt. All of these things came to surface when I began to pray. The first experience that I had in my uh, secret place or rule of prayer was when I began to ask the Holy Spirit to lead me into prayer. Sometimes we, we lose sight of that. We go into prayer, but we don't bring the Holy Spirit with us. Let, let, let me teach you how to allow the Holy Spirit to lead you. Tell the Holy Spirit, lead me. Teach me how to pray. I say that every day to the Holy Spirit because if I build a form of prayer, now that form of prayer becomes a tradition. And a tradition eventually turns into a curse. And I begin to pray in vain like Jesus would say in repetition. God bless my children. God bless my wife. God bless. He already blessed them. Can God bless the people in your own life? You see, we pray for what benefits us, but we don't pray for the things that don't benefit us. Because we assume and believe that the things that don't benefit us are not going to help us. In reality, it does. Because if God can set free the people that you don't like, God is faithful to revisit those people and convict their hearts to bless you. But to this day, many of us have yet to learn that, and we have been a victim of our own ignorance. That's why Jesus said to them, Forgive your debtors. <coughs> I'll do what I have to do, but you got to do what you got to do. Let's revisit that. Let's look at verse 6 again. Okay? But when you pray, go into the room. Go into the room, and when you have shut the door, pray to your father who is in secret, and your father who is in secret will see you and will reward you openly. Now let's look at verse 9. And in this matter, they're prayerful. Our Father that's in heaven, hallowed be your name. Verse 10. Let your kingdom come, thy will be done here on earth as it's done in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive our debtors as we forgive our debtors. Forgive our debts like we forgive our debtors. Now, notice that that's on verse 12. Verse 12 is the number of what? No, 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 no. 12 represents kingdom. It represents order. You see, when Judas took his life, the apostles couldn't function and operate completely like God ordained it until he was replaced. And that's when they added Matthias. Amen? How many of you study Bible? So if you want completion in your life, you have to own your part. You see, we, with 
do a lot of withdrawing from heaven and little deposits. How many of you have withdrawn money from your account that wasn't in your account and you got a charge on it and then you disputed the charge? You had the nerves to call. Why y'all charging me $35? First of all, you were in negative and you were taking money that wasn't there to begin you get and we get into these arguments and, and we think that this is okay in life, but in reality, no. The kingdom of God works to a certain matter that way. God is a God of order. God has not given us because we ourselves sometimes hold to give Him what He wants from us, and what He really wants from us is our obedience. He doesn't want the sacrifice; He wants the obedience. Amen. God is good. Give Him a round of applause. Understand this, when you want to get into the presence of God and you want to cultivate a relationship and you want to turn that into a habit and you want that to be a part of you, just like that comes to you like second nature, one of the things that you have to keep in mind is self-discipline. Self-discipline is knowing your weaknesses. That's a form how to self-discipline yourself. Know your weaknesses. Isn't it funny how we know everybody else's weaknesses? How we see flaws in everyone. Have, have, have we taken a look in the mirror lately? I have. And I don't like what I see. And as we get older, we start contemplating, oh man, maybe we should do this procedure. Maybe I should get a little bit of this. Maybe a little bit of that. I'm missing some of this. I'm missing... And we look at the carnal physical form, but we don't look at the spiritual. You know, we have to know our weaknesses. If you can recognize your weaknesses, it'll be difficult for the enemy to target you. The, the, the enemy doesn't know your heart or your mind. He only knows what comes out of your mouth. I'm so freaking frustrated. These freaking kids need to go back to school. Guess what? If the kids ain't connected to God... They will become the palms of the devil to get you to a place where you lose your mind and you make channel, you make the nightly news. You see, the devil only knows what comes out of your mind, out of your mouth. The devil doesn't know your mind. He doesn't know your heart. You know, he tries to contribute and manipulate your feelings and emotions. He, he tries to do all of that. But if he gets you to confess something that you've been dealing with and it comes out openly and it's coming out of a, a, of a place of hurt, oh man, you could be sentenced to a life in self-imprisonment for the rest of your life and never see the divine purpose of God for your life. And many of us have been prisoners of that in more ways than one. You see, I stopped thinking for people. That that was one of my biggest issues. What do they think? What am I? Well, maybe this. Or maybe that. And, this, and, this, and that was driving me nuts. I finally understood that the only way that I can be free is by setting myself free by letting those people go. Because I had a lot of people in my mind, I had a lot of people in my heart, and all of these people were taking a piece of me, and none of it had room enough for God. I was so filled with so much junk. 
I took a little bit of this, took a little bit of that, a little bit of this, a little bit of that, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Jesus says you will know them by their fruits. How can you know someone by their fruits? You can know them by their attributes, by their actions, and everything they say, and the way that they walk and they operate. And to a certain degree, everything that we come in contact with on a daily basis, if not checked, could become a habit. And a habit could become a part of life. And before you know it, you're doing things that you ain't supposed to be doing. That's why it is important that when we pray every morning, we pray this prayer. Our Father that's in heaven, hallowed be thy name, let your kingdom come, let thy will be done. When you pray that prayer, your daily agenda has been interrupted. Because now you're subject to him. Haven't you prayed that prayer and found yourself in situations of the day that you never thought you were going to run into so-and-so, you were going to go through this, you were going to go through that? Those are the times for you to remind yourself, man, I really set myself up this morning when I said that that will be done. Because I didn't know I was going to be doing this. I didn't know I was going to be testifying to my next-door neighbor, which I don't like. Let's be real. God's will is divine. The only way that we discover God's will is when we get in order with Him. Now understand, first and foremost, the kingdom of God, when it says, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, what you're actually saying is, let your spiritual reign, ram, reign over me. Kingdom is mentioned 126 times in the Gospels. The basic meaning of the word kingdom in the Bible means reign, action, lordship, and the sovereign of God's governancy. That's what it means. So what are you going to find when you pray that prayer? You're going to find that the kingdom of God is going to come and invade your kingdom. And the first thing that's going to take place is order. That you are going to start doing things right. And how, how, how do you feel order? By conviction. You go into the refrigerator and before you grab the two-liter coke that you're going to sip with your lips, with your corona self, you say to yourself, I can't do this. Let me go get a cup. Because we're so lazy, the cabinet's right next door. Literally right next door, but we do one of these. I hope nobody sees me. But when we see somebody else do it, oh, don't we have faith? They are imitating what they're seeing because you have lost sight that there's people watching you. That's how naive we can become. Amen? So the, in the gospel, in, in the four gospels, kingdom is mentioned 126 times. In other words, it's letting us know that the lordship and the sovereignty of God's government is to reign upon us. In other words, God wants us to experience divine order. What is divine order? Putting in set all the things that are not in order. 
Now you might say, Pastor, I'm clean. I, 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 I cut my grass. I, I wash my car. I take care of, of, of all the essential stuff. But there's still departments in you that are not in order. For example, you, you, you could be spending, most people today, Netflix is going up in ratings. Half of America, about three quarters of America is hooked. Now, you, you might say, yeah, I watch it from time to time, but uh, are you really disciplined the time that you're watching TV? Because some of us can spend hours watching TV and minutes in the presence of God. And then we want the presence of God to manifest itself according to the Bible. How can the presence of God manifest itself according to the Bible when you're not digging long enough? Jesus spent more time praying according to the Gospels with the Father and in seconds he rebuked demons. It takes us literally not only hours, fastings, Vigils, events, and moments to do that. When that can be a normal thing in our daily life. Imagine this, that people who are demon-possessed walk across from you and they're being delivered. And you're not even saying anything. The only way that could become possible is by you spending time in the presence of the Lord. We have to self-discipline ourselves. We have to get into a state of mind that we say, God... We are going to allow you to be you. Now, your will be done is defined like this. This is God's will defined in ways that it can make sense to us. And you can define God's will in the Bible as simple as this. God's desires. That's how you define the will of God. God's desires. The will of God has nothing to do with your desire. The will of God has to do with His desires. And the only way that you can tap into that is by you surrendering to Him. Meaning that you accept what He has placed before you. Stop complaining about your job. Give thanks God for your job. Stop complaining to God about your kids. Stop complaining, God, about your neighbors. Stop complaining. Give God thanks in all. Thank you, Lord, because this is the will that you have set before me. And some way, somehow, you're going to make a way. And I'm going to enjoy your ways because your ways are better than my ways. Because that's the way I got in your way because my way didn't work. Are you hearing me? God's will is His desire. God desire for you to wake up this morning and be here today. That's God's will. But some of you take it as God is punishing you. God has it in for me. Every time that pastor opens up his mouth, he gets on my nerves. No, I'm not getting on your nerves. I'm getting on the nerves of the demons that are influencing you. Because when I was growing up, you told us about going to church or talk about church. It was like the devil was in us. I ain't going to church. I ain't going to mess around with those people. I didn't understand that, that I was demon influenced to a certain degree. But when I learned what it is to be in the presence of God, if I miss a day of church, it's like, oh my God. Like I'm dying. Amen? The will of God is His desire. 
So how do we make sense of all of this as we get ready to wrap up? Let's go to John chapter 14, verse 26. Understand and keep this in mind that all of these things work together for good for those who love the Lord. And if we want to do God's work and we want to abide by God's will, we have to be led by the Holy Spirit. Now, let's look at John chapter 14, verse 26. Look at what it says. It says, But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will bring to your remembrance all these things I have said. The Holy Spirit will teach you and the Holy Spirit will remind you. How do we know we're really connected with God and how do we know that we are operating in His will when we allow the Holy Spirit to reign in us. And the only way that the Holy Spirit can reign in us is when we deny ourselves. And we got to do that every day. Every morning before I get up from bed, I renounce myself. And the moment that I renounce myself, I begin to live for Him. Now don't take this lightly, because many of us believe that once we receive the Holy Spirit, we are okay and we are always saved. No, we have to work on this. We have to continue. The Bible says, continue, continue, continuously continue to pray. Continue to renew your mind. Continue, continue. That means that's a process. So every morning, Holy Spirit, good morning. Thank you for this day. Even though I'm not feeling this day. Because I know when we get up in the morning, we ain't feeling it. Many of us have done what I have what I have done many times. For real? It's already five o'clock. Are you serious? It's like I haven't slept all night. For real? Can I catch a break? Am I the only one that ever thought that? I get angry sometimes in the morning. Like, I just close my eyes. You get so frustrated. But in the midst of that, you have to find sense into what God has in store for you that day. Because if you feed off that anger that you didn't get enough sleep, or, or, or the night was too short and the day is too heavy, it will weigh on you. It will weigh on you, it will weigh on you, and you'll start taking it all on people, and you'll get in traffic, and you'll be starting cursing people. And you don't literally have to curse people with your mouth. You curse people with your mind because some of you have done it. I have been guilty. Like, for real? Did she have to cut in front of me? I want, for real? And especially now in this time that we're living in, we have to be Holy Spirit driven because people are antsy over nothing. Over nothing. Holy Spirit reign in me. I give you permission. I give you authority. I ask you, Lord, to have your way in me even though I might fight you at times. You know that we have fought God in many more ways than one. Why does God got to constantly remind us of something that we're doing and we have yet to give in to that? We always say to ourselves, like we lie to ourselves. We make more false promises. Nobody's going to lie to you more than you. Nobody's going to let you down more than you. No one's going to make more false promises than you. You are a victim of you. 
And I discover at my age that I don't want to live like that anymore. I want to live with purpose. You know, we stress out things that don't really matter. That don't. That don't really matter. And we rob ourselves of God's promises because we get out of His will. It's time that we allow His will to be done in us. Begin like this before you even go to sleep tonight. God, make me new and old. Whatever it takes. And when I feel like I'm ready to throw in the towel, remind me of the words that came out of my mouth. How many of you have asked God to, to, to promote you? God, give me a promotion. God, help me. God, save me for myself. And the moment God started working towards those things, you cancel them. Mm-hmm. I can take it! Oh, I think that you should reevaluate the words that come out of your mouth before you say it. Because one day, you're going to wish you never said those things. So I have saved myself a lot of years, and a lot of grace, and a lot of wrinkles, and nothing against what those that happen. I'm just saying, I want to be stuck in time, but not in time, if it makes sense. And I begin to allow the Spirit to be the Spirit in my life. God, lead me. Have your way. Have your way. Teach me. The more you humble yourself, the more he's exalted. You can read the Bible. You can study the Bible. You can have you can have all of the achievements, accolades, everything that defines who you are. But in reality, it comes to nothing in the presence of God. Because you can't impress God with something he gave you. So every time I go into the presence of God, I go like I don't know nothing. Because if I go empty, I'm going to come out filled. Many of you go into the presence of God filled. Filled of you. Oh God, today is a good day because you made it a good day. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for everything that's going to take place in my life. Hallelujah. You go back into reality and nothing happens. But go in there humbly. God, I'm here. Mm-hmm. Empty. I'm ready for you. I know I gotta go to Walmart, I gotta go, I gotta go, I gotta go to a bunch of places. But that doesn't guarantee me that I'm gonna live because I could die on my way out of my house. Or I could die in my house. So you know what? I'm coming to you empty because I want to get filled with you. So before I go out there, I can accept whatever you have for me. Even that nagging person that's in front of me. Fifty-five percent of Americans say that they pray daily. 55 for you serving. If that's the case, we're in trouble. The most misunderstood, misused weapon that God has given us is prayer. Don't take it for granted. Don't take it for granted. Before you leave this place, reconcile yourself with God. But Pastor, I, I, I've been saved. I've been serving. 
but you became a drifter along the way. This became to you just another thing of your routine. Today's the day that God wants to encounter you in a way that he has never encountered you. He has gotten your attention. We've been entertained for a long time. We've been listening to a lot of positive messages, but we have not heard messages that confront our character. Because I can be positive all I want, but positivity will never become a reality if transformation doesn't take place. Because I can say, I'm going to have a good day. With the old mindset. And the moment something comes and arcs me, the old day, the old me, the OG, yeah, comes into existence. Well, I see a few people. I see them. And as soon as they see me, they're like, oh, Pastor, that's not me. He's caught me on a bad day. I said, don't worry about me. I'm not the one joking. The one that doesn't go there, that's the one that sees everything. That's the one that sees you on the computer at night watching things you ain't supposed to be watching. That's the one that watches every comment that you said that you intentionally didn't say what you said. All these people having media awards and social media. What's up with that, man? Grow up. If you all got nothing nice to say, don't say nothing at all. For real. Let me tell you something. We're living in a time right now that we don't have time for nonsense. Amen. We don't have time for that. Our children are losing the sense of God and we are responsible for it. Because our children see our actions. One of the things that I'm trying to do and I'm working so hard is protecting my daughter from false religion. False religion is people that go to church and don't practice what the Bible says and in return give a misconstrued characteristic of God. And the Bible says that God is going to call you accountable. For every word and every action. So you better be careful. The reason why some of our relatives don't serve God is because of our attitudes. And our behaviors. And that all can be solved if you humble yourself daily. Don't let your bank account define you. Don't let the neighborhood you live in define you. Don't let your education define you. Because that comes to nothing in the presence of God. You think you're going to... Oh, I got a bachelor's degree. Nothing against that. I got a PhD. And God says, I got the universe. That's right. Explain to me how ants come about. Explain to me how dust come about. Explain to me what I know about me that you don't know. That's God's response. I don't want to be on God's bad side. I want to be on his side. Thank God for Jesus and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us be on our feet. And those who are watching, I want you to pray with us as well. And we're going to pray like we never prayed before. And instead of lifting your hands, I want you to place your hands over your heart. When the issues of life blow out, begin to pray with me. Holy Spirit, have your way. Your will be done in me. Align everything, God. Let me not be a product of my environment, but let my environment be a part of you so that in return, 
I can create an atmosphere that will turn into an environment of your sovereign kingdom. Let it rain in me, O God. Let me not be ignorant. Let me not be foolish. Let me be a replica of who you are. That everything in my life will be a reflection of your glory. I speak to myself, Lord. Words of life. I bind in me your words. I bind them all over me. That I will walk according to your purpose and your will. I will never give in to less. I want all of you. My life is changing because of you. I renounce all, all of the things that I have picked up over the years that have left me nowhere. I'm letting go of bandages, family traditions, attitudes. Oh, I'm letting go. Father, take it. Some of you right now, I'm sorry, I'm going to talk, but I feel the Holy Spirit leading me. 